This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Whenever you're ready, bro. We out here in Echo Park, Tony's Tacos, LA Lakers, listening to AirBods Podcast. Yes, there it is. Yeah. See you here. This shit sizzling. All right, hello and welcome to the Airbuds Podcast, 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 Podcast. We are in an empty arena. My name's Jamel. I'm Peter. My name is Mike. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's fucking fantastic. You know what? It's a happy basketball Sunday, guys. That's what it is. It's good to be here. Sunday, the only day that matters for HD highlights of games I've seen already eight times. And for like home recorded Barcelona practice games too. They yo, they shocked me with the little extra Barcelona footage. I thought they were just gonna take the same shit from the Dream Team doc and they gave us a little extra spice. That was nice. Well, yep. Let's like get ahead of ourselves, guys. Before we before we jump into the meat of this, uh we have a new review. What? Thank you, God. Uh as always, uh, if you go to Apple Podcasts and you click five stars and you write us a review, we will read whatever you write on the air. Uh, remember, you got to write the review. You can't just click five stars. We get a lot of five-star button clickings, but not everybody leaves the review. And it can't be hate uh, speech. No hate speech. Peter reads the hate speech. That's true. Peter's back. <laughs> Peter will read it. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I didn't read this before, uh, but uh, you know what? It's kind of a compliment for me, and then it, it takes it back. Uh, the title is Tony Robbins, five stars, written by Pizza This. Very good ball pod, and Benner sounds tall. He has that Tony Robbins gigantism voice. Yo, you do. You got you got big parts, Mike. Dude, Mike, you have the biggest hands and feet of anyone I know who's under 6'5". Mike is a real third leg. That he's One of his legs is his dick. That's a fact. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I will not confirm or deny anything. I will say I am like, I'm six two, but I feel like my, my limbs and my feet and my hands means I should be like six nine. Yeah. yeah. See, it was, was when your dick is that weird. big, it's actually a bird. You were supposed to be like seven one, but you just suffered from some version of like, you know, like a, like a deformatism or something. So you're only six <laughs> two. All right. I'm, I'm a little, let's, let's move you on. You old Clifford, the big red dog ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what it was? It was skateboarding. Skateboarding. It was jumping down like flights of stairs, like repeatedly as a child, just destroyed my legs, and that's why I'm not 
very tall. Anyways, uh, go to Airbuds Pod on Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow us. Uh, enough of that business. Patreon.com slash Airbuds Pod, by the way. Uh, let's introduce our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, from your television screens and from your video game screens, I guess, too. You know him from as my favorite detective, Kevin Ryan, from the one and only Castle. Also a fellow Carnegie Mellon alumni and Jamel's next binge-watching best friend. Give it up for Seamus Dever, everyone. Oh, my fucking Hey, guys. Goodness. Thank you for doing the show. Seamus, thank you so much for being yeah. here. And apologies for what's I'm about dying. to happen. Oh no, no, don't apologize. I'm just, I'm happy to talk basketball. Oh my god, there's like nothing going on, so I guess we can rally around this this documentary, right? Thank God, that's the plan. It is yeah. weird how it is like basketball turned to football, which I know I'm a broken record in saying, but we have to wait for like Sunday afternoons to get any kind of fix of like feeling again. Mm. It's what a- are we gonna do in like three Sundays when there's nothing? <laughs> when there's no doc- Jordan documentary. There was somebody starting the Kobe doc right now. Are you kidding? Uh, well, they tried to do it. Well, we'll get to it. I but. mean, I want the Ku Coach doc, right? I feel like we'll get to, we've got some, we'll get there, but I feel like the Ku Coach 10-parter is the real shit. Because they could have put that with the Drajan Petrovic. I want some more Yugoslavia. Yeah, the 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 once we're brothers, what yeah, was it, two I brothers? It was two or brothers. what was the yeah. one? Yeah, there was a, that was a 30 for 30. That was really good. And you like, it gave perspective of like what those people were going through in the midst of like trying to be basketball players. And, you know, Jesus, give Kukuch some slack. Like they were killing Muslims in, in his own home country when this came down. And all Jordan and Pippen care about it beating the shit out of him at the Olympics. It's like, oh my God. Have you been to Sarajevo? There are bullet holes everywhere. I, I was a fan of the Olympics and I went, I went to Sarajevo a couple of years ago oh, and, you, and there's a graveyard by the Olympic stadium because that was the only available place that they could bury bodies. And they're all from 1992, 93, 94. It's creepy as hell because it's inside of the Olympic torch and the Olympic stadium. That was what was going on in the country. Wow. What? You know, and, and yeah, but I'm glad, but I'm glad Pippen and Jordan made sure he had a, he had a couple bad games. That was hilarious. By the way, you was so chill about it too. Yeah. Uh, when Tony Cook was like, you know, I got drafted by the bulls, but uh, I decided to play at home uh for a couple of years you know i, I could make better money and also uh yeah. there was an entire war happening and my family was dying yeah he but he mentioned yeah. the m's he was like we're talking about a few m's i'm not yeah. uh living in chicago for <laughs> these fucking yeah dicks. I, you know in hindsight scotty pippen not a good look for ku coach to be on the other side of the world and being like yeah no i'm not gonna take that jerry reindorf deal no thank you i'll uh i'll stick it over here and just make my money but that just goes, the way they reacted just goes to show you that these fools don't know shit about social studies. They were not paying attention to politics in any way. I'm not commenting on anything. All I do is play basketball. A very 90s yeah. life, I suppose. Seamus, what's been I, your, uh, yeah, you, what are your big takeaways up to these two episodes? Anything from the last two weeks that you're, you're um, dying to get off your chest? I'm... Well, let me just confess something here. I'm not the biggest Michael Jordan fan, um, by the way. And and so I want him to be harder on Michael mm. Jordan. And after even watching five and six, they weren't as hard on him. It, by the way, the goddamn documentary is produced yeah, by see, Michael Jordan. Yeah, see, that's why. So, yeah. I texted these guys last night like, 
this is the, like this is such this is just a PR like video. It's not yeah. Episode like, six, but he does come off a, like a tool. Episode six is a straight <laughs> yeah, up cry but, for help. Yeah. Not enough. He, he should come <laughs> off more like a tool. I think. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put something on right now that I brought with me. By the way, okay. Just, uh, he's real. Oh, wow. He's really raw. Jameis has put on the uh, the Pistons back to back. Oh, not that's 89, a nice hat. Uh, Ninety hat. Yeah, that is a nice. It's in great condition too. Thank and you. And let me say this. It's, Isaiah it's, Thomas deserves yeah. it. I watched like 40 minutes of Isaiah Thomas highlights last night. His top 200 plays, five of them is hitting Michael Jordan in the head. <laughs> <laughs> the other five are hitting like Larry and Magic in the head. Yeah, he hits a few guys in the head. He chokes a guy out while Bill Lambeer socks a nigga in the face. But then he also has a step back, though. Yeah, that, he's got the step back. He's got the fucking Steph Curry handle. Isaiah Thomas could play today. Absolutely. Yeah. He was tough. He was barely six foot tall, and he's getting the crap beat out of him every time he goes into the lane. And he had it, to be tough, you know. I, it is oh, also a, this this whole thing is just smoothing over of, of everything. Like after last week with the, the Pistons, they're like, oh, they should be ashamed of themselves. They didn't shake hands. Yeah, oh, my God. That, yeah. It's like, shut up. We didn't know who those people were going to be. And that's all in retrospect of like, didn't you know who this was? Or like, no, they've been, they've been competing together in the Eastern Conference semis and finals for the last four years. It's like they didn't like each other. Big deal, you know, but, but this whole thing of like, of like all of a sudden they're supposed to be sportsmen. It ignores the fact that Michael Jordan is like mean to everyone, including his own children. And suddenly like he is. Like sensitive that these guys walked off the court because they got their asses kicked, like, and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's just it's so like selective memory." Like, hey, Michael, remember when you yeah. took the opportunity um, at your Hall of Fame inductee speech to t- say your children aren't shit? Like, you're like, yeah. But you could say the same for it too, though. You could say the same for original recipe it, like. The way he reacted to the Celtics walking off on him, well, he was hurt. He made Kevin McHale shake his hand. He's like, no, you're yeah. not leaving. Come back. Which Touch was a boss hand. move, actually. It was a pretty cool move to be like, no, yeah. I'm going to make you fucking shake my hand before you leave, even though you don't want to. Yeah. I think I, yeah. Was, was the plan to start a fight? Is that why they walked through the Bulls before the end of the game? They were like, let's see if these guys actually scrap us right here. I think so. <laughs> probably. They probably wanted to get like, one last thing in. Should we just start at the beginning of episode five? We've kind of launched right into the, the doc talk. Let's do it. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk okay. about this yeah. for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it opens episode five. And I think my my personal opinion, even though, uh, Seamus, you're right, I think this is like such a just it. It's almost immoral that we're calling it a documentary when Michael Jordan produced. Let me just oh, hold like on. I not, know he produced it. I, I know journalism. it's not, but just it's a diary. imagine if somebody said, we'll give you a million dollars, but you have to shit all over your life and career. You have to you have to show us your darkest moments. You're producing he's not it. showing us. He's producing it. If I'm producing a doc on me, I'm going to come off pretty decent. And Janelle. I think right. I w- well, he shouldn't be producing it. That's the thing. That's why do- that's documentarians and journalists like are usually yeah. subjects that are detached from or people that are detached from their. Subjects. What I'm trying to say is, if I was producing a doc on myself, I would not be as hard on myself as Michael Jordan is on himself. I would right. be I'm way. Sure I would the dad be way softer. Capturing the Freedmans would be much, yeah. much <laughs> easier on himself if he actually produced capturing the Freedmans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 See. All right. Continue. My bad. Uh, so the episode opens uh, with 
a lot of Kobe Bryant talk, right? Yeah, that was um, sad. Kobe, yeah. How do we? So it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the episode. Do you think they kind of like scrambled to get this kind of cold open of Kobe into it? Yeah, I think they squeezed a little bit. But but him versus Kobe was a big deal at that All Star game. Let's not act like it, was. it wasn't. Yeah. It was a part of the NBA story that year. So now here's my thing. It does it, to me. It feels like they kind of scrambled to get to get it at, get it in there. Um, and this goes back to Michael Jordan being the producer. Uh, Kobe has recently passed away. Uh, he makes sure <laughs> to like get him talking shit and making him like sound like a little bitch, <laughs> like into like the <laughs> tribute moment for Kobe, where he's like saying like. You know, if I was his teammate, I, w- I would never pass him the ball. He's got to get a rebound if he's gonna, if he's ever gonna touch the ball again. Like, if if they did scramble to get the Kobe stuff in there, why make it like the meanest possible thing for a man who recently passed away? Because Jordan thinks that's just like respectful and like maybe funny. Like that's his and sense I think of it is. humor. Yeah, I guess the entire doc is a concession yeah. that he is an asshole himself. He's letting us that's know true. that he's a tool in, in his own special way. They should say it more then. They, they don't use that word enough. You know, I, I feel like I need a few more assholes per minute for this documentary because it's just not, it's not emphasized enough. Like, it's like, yeah, great. All right. I think the whole thing should be this sort of celebration of, oh, you want to be considered one of the world's best, like, you know, Kobe or, or, or Michael Jordan. You're not going to have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have people who kiss your ass and you're going to have people who, who worship you, but are you going to have that many friends at the yeah. end? So I don't what know. What episode was know. it where we had the admission from Michael Jordan that he hates Charles Barkley? The I think six. Maybe? <laughs> I think it was six. No, I think it happened in like episode two or something. Oh. Where like he was like, he apparently went out and partied with Barkley before a playoff game and made Barkley think that they were like best friends just because he, uh, he wanted to like have an advantage over him. I missed the that. Quote that someone said is that Michael Jordan said that he hates that fat fuck. <laughs> can this? I, can, oh, can we put wow. any of the Draymond Green putting <sighs> himself on the same level as Charles, like to bed forever? Which if, on any, side, if this no. doc does anything, like Charles Barkley might have been a little portly, but he was the reigning MVP and. Draymond couldn't hold a fucking candle to that dude. And he was never on Oprah. If he, if Mike might have hated Charles, but they did Oprah together, dog. That's true. He, whatever. We burying the hatchet on Oprah. All right. So from the Kobe stuff, which you're right, Peter, it was kind of sad. Uh, even uh, Deborah, who, you know, is not a huge basketball fan, when Kobe came on in his Talking Head interview, she, like, vis- like audibly was like, oh, um, it was sad, but it was also like nice to see him. I'm not even a big Kobe fan. You know me. You know my stance on Kobe, but it was like it was nice to see him. Aww. I think uh I think mo- moving forward in this episode, you know, I do think this was a moment where Jordan could have defended himself more in terms of leaving IT off the the, the dream team, which I know we talked about a little bit, but I really do think it's like a collective bitch move by the entire dream team. Like, they all decided to just mm. leave him out is so fucking petty. Is it? I mean, wait, hold on. I, now, now, hold on. Now, hold on. I know for a fact Isaiah Thomas is better than John Stockton. We can all agree. 
these this is a, this is a math Absolutely. this is a mathematical fact. We agree. But if I'm being honest, he's not that much better. And if you're putting together a basketball team and you need a point guard, and there's one man with all the moves, uh, and then there's another man with one less move, but the one with all the moves has punched six of your twelve <laughs> players on the roster in the face. I'm gonna go with the guy who can't do the one <laughs> who can't do the up and under. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Not that there was the same position. Why was Larry Bird on that okay. dream team? He had okay, half a back fair. at the whole time. Why was he yeah. even on there? Because it was like he was like this emeritus position because they knew he was one of the most famous basketball players in the world. So if we're talking about skill and ability, Larry Bird had no business being on there at that point. He was didn't he retire right yeah, after basically. that? Yeah. He retired against I mean, Angola. Yeah, he like low key retired <laughs> I mean, in like nineteen eighty eight. And <laughs> And Isaiah, Isaiah only played two more years after that. I think he had one good half a season after that, and he got he got injured that next. It was ninety four, but um, so he didn't maybe have that many good miles uh, left in him anyway. So maybe that was part of it. But it seems like the decision was made beforehand. But I don't buy that. The way they put that in the documentary is like Chuck Daly called him and he said, he said, yeah, you know, my favorite player from my team. Yeah, don't worry. He's not going to be on there. No negotiation yeah. necessary. I was like, ah, yeah. And, and magic had a lot of pull too. And they weren't getting along at that point. There was that, that whole, do you guys watch that, that oh, interview? Sure. I'm sure you guys did with him and him and I, yeah, all the, all tears, the tears and everything. So and it they seems went on like tour with the Jacksons. Yeah. Did they go on tour with the Jacksons? <laughs> I think they did. Yes. <laughs> you guys remember the classic uh, like uh, '92 Dream Team like T-shirts with the big heads and everything? Yeah. Of course. Should we make a Lost Dreams teams T-shirt with just Isaiah Thomas sitting on a bench by himself? Well, you could put him and Shaq. <laughs> put him and Shaq next to each other. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because that's the. By the way, that's the that's the thing that's trending right now on Twitter is this Christian Lake. Well, I was about hate. to say maybe you could put um, Christian so, Lake yeah. like in the Dream Team photo, just like just him, kind of on the outside. So you just have like Shaq and it looking at Leitner. <laughs> yeah, but they always like. I mean, I think that was that's the beginning good. of the tradition. Once we started, you know, having NBA players play the Olympic Games is like having one college player, right? Sure. Um. So IT can't hate on Leitner for that. I guess Shaq can. But who kept Shaq out? Shaq does. Who kept Shaq out? That's a good question. Who did at that point? What were, what were the Barkley? politics with that? Was it Barkley. because of? Mm, I'm guessing some racist college coach. The NCAA is a racist healing. organization. That's how I feel about it. We don't have to get into it. I also yeah, feel fair. that way about Jerry Krause very clearly looking for some kind of like, he loved Dan Marley. He loved Tony Kukoc. It's like, all right, Jerry Krause. Like, right. You have Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> you're and you're like, like, our future is Tony Kukoc. Oh, my God. All right, dudes. Quick break to tell you about Bet Online with currently no NBA, NHL, or baseball. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but still my friends, you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. 
You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Gentlemen, looking to last a little longer? Go a few extra rounds? Get BlueChew.com popping. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office to spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's the great deal, butters. Visit bluechews.com. And get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that is B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. There's a whole giant segment on uh, Michael Jordan's endorsements, particularly Nike and launching the Jordan brand, uh, which I'm like, I want a whole two-hour documentary about that. For sure. There are so um, many more interesting things in this documentary than the documentary. Like, I'm just, glad that you're starting to come around to my point of view that this could have been a great two-hour movie <laughs> instead of a 10-hour miniseries. It just could have been 10 different episodes. Like, you could pick for, like, you're probably keeping, like, a full Rodman episode, and you're doing, like, a Jordan Shoe episode. You're doing, like, the, like, two brothers version of Ku Coach, kind of, like, dealing with Scotty and Michael and coming over. A Phil Jackson, like, just doing straight-up ayahuasca for an hour and talking directly to camera. Yeah. Yeah, need that. See, I think this would have been better as, I think, Jamel, you pointed out, like, as a, a scripted, like, Ryan Murphy American sports story 10-episode miniseries, like, of the, like, 98 Bulls and all the person. Like, I just, I'd rather see a, a well-acted, like, highly dramatized version than Michael Jordan's kind of whitewashed version that we're getting. The hate coming from you. You gotta just let this happen, guys. You just, I feel it's. I see the beams coming around your aura. I am a Michael Jordan fan. It's turning Michael dark Jordan purple. Is why I like basketball. Why is your aura dark purple right now, Benner? Seamus, the evil you were, around you. Hold on, I have, a, I have a serious actor question, Seamus. If you were offered any role in the Ryan Murphy ten-part series of this, which which teammate would you want to be? And who do you think you would play? Uh, would I be Steve Kerr? And I get to, I really look forward to getting this, the scene where I get punched I in the really face by Michael Jordan. Paxton, right? Yeah. Probably I all for that. Paxton. Paxton's yeah. a better Steve role. You, but he could, he could cast, he's cast, we're I casting mean, him for Paxton. Which white guy didn't he punch out that I can't play? I mean, <laughs> maybe, I'm very versatile. Maybe, I can, maybe the uh, only uh, one is the security guard with the mullet who's good at throwing the quarters. <laughs> the no! Mullet. The permed out yeah. security guard is the MVP of the whole series. We could get he three is. parts from him. We could get three parts <laughs> off of him. We could do an extra cool coach. Okay. We could do a <laughs> month on Adidas Jordan prototypes. We oh, could my God. We could start an Instagram account with the Jordan Adidas prototypes. An Adidas exec definitely committed yeah. suicide at some point in like the late 80s. 
I don't want to jump ahead here, but why couldn't uh, that wasn't didn't seem like a very sufficient explanation? Like, well, uh, Adidas couldn't really afford having uh, a star at that point. Like, I'm sorry, a what? Quarter of a million dollars <laughs> it took for Nike to get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. What they they said that they expected to sell three million dollars in four Jordan years over the first four years, and they sold 136 mil in the first year. That is insane. Jesus, and that's um, how you support a gambling problem forever. Yeah, and then Mike is like, and I I fuck with Mike from that standpoint. Mike is making a ton of money, which is debatable if he deserves it, okay? Because basketball is a fun sport and it's a fun time, and he's getting he absolutely mil- deserves, and it. he's getting millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I want to gamble it ridiculously. Duh. Is it only a gambling problem if you lose? Because like that's kind of his argument. It sounded like it's he he like, was losing like, a lot. Right, yeah, he like, lost. He never went into he never went into the black or the red, but uh, but yeah, mm. that's well, that's and and that's what and David Stern seemed to agree with the whole thing. David Stern was, was along, like, along with cool. the rise, like he he definitely could cover all his losses. I still I wasn't worried. Okay, so that's that's actually all the gambling stuff happens in episode six, and I feel like it is the most sorry I didn't mean to jump over yeah. thing oh possible. My God. Like like. They they're like we have to address it. We know that there's a conspiracy theory that he was gambling on games, and David Stern made him leave the league, and that's why he played baseball. They don't like do a sufficient job a sufficient job of like reassuring me that none of that happened at all. But they haven't got to it yet. I'm I think that's seven. Um, I think we're leading up to that because it was right after the three P. His dad was killed that summer. Yeah. Right? It really feels um, yeah, like that's that true. knowing he's. We're Knowing almost he's producing there. it, though, it really feels like a cry for help. But in no, I think, that he, I think every way he talks about it, all the, the size time. of I his jeans pass. for the past ten years have been a cry for help. He's been crying. To, <laughs> the dude is a meme of crying. That's true. His face um, also I, now. But just I think kind of... this episode six was him sweeping the gambling under the rug, being like, "I've addressed it. We don't have to talk about it anymore." He did not when do a good job. When we get to his it. dad's death in the baseball, it, gambling's not going to come up at all. There's not. They're not going to address. You think we're done with it? Done with the gambling. Michael Jordan's like, well, mm. I've answered that, and I don't have to ever acknowledge it ever again. Better. Let me ask you this: if he if he even gives you one sentence on the gambling, do you give him any? Do you give him any propers for this documentary? Do you give him any any love back if he mentions it at all in any way? It's not going to be as in terms of getting banned from the league. Yeah. What if he does? If he acknowledges it, yes, I guarantee he's not. But. Um, and look, I'm not against gambling. I'm not a gambler myself, but you know, if you want to fucking spend your money that way, do it. But like, well, not know that if you're dropping like tens of thousands of dollars on like nine holes of golf, like we're going to have questions when your dad gets murdered the next week. Hey, look, I'm not (laughs) against gambling. I'm not against rap. I'm not against rappers, but we are against those thugs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so back to episode five. Um, we eventually, after the Jordan stuff, we do get to the Dream Team, and this is when we get our first glimpse of uh, Tony Kukoc, right? Yeah. The man that we were not convinced would ever appear in the documentary. Whose only flaw in his life was letting Jerry Krause fall in love with him. Yeah. And he did, I, I, or being being born in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's being born in false, Eastern yeah. Europe, too. Being Sorry, born guy. in hood Europe, yeah. by the way. Thugged out Europe. Can we... Little, <laughs> wait, you went to Sarajevo, man? 
Yeah, I've been to Montenegro, Serbia. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of Croatia too. Yeah, my wife makes me travel a lot, so it's a, uh, yeah, a lot of history there in Syria. Yeah, a nice Sarajevo timeshare. It's nice. Yeah, I hear Croatia is actually like <laughs> fucking an incredible place to go. Yes, it is. It's beautiful. So is Montenegro. Um, lot, lot of Russians there. The Russians like to, to vacation there. So then not, nothing against is it that. Like their Jersey shores, but yeah. Um, they have a lot of Jersey shores. Russia has uh, a few the, shores. The Russians seem to be down. everywhere. They got a few shores locked down. Yeah. They, they hang out in, um, in Georgia. Yeah, the Republic a lot. of Georgia the, is their Atlantic the city for sure. Yo, that's hard. Yeah, and they hang out at Karlovy Vary right? in Where they the did Czech the Olympics. Republic. Wasn't that kind of like a vacation spot? It's yeah. a resort town, yeah. Um, but Batumi down in um, off off the Black Sea in, in Georgia. They we hang could out do there a ten part well, doc so, on you yeah. three guys talking about Eastern European vacation spots. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Eastern Europe, but I, I mean, hey, I'd love to fucking go. Let's go. Yeah, Guys, it's not as bad as you think. The problem with Tony is Jerry was right. I mean, Tony is nice. Tony Kukoc yeah. is nice. Yeah, for sure. Did he? I wonder. I wonder if he hated Jerry too. Do we get any of uh, like? Is Tony ever like, oh, when Jerry came over, I was like, who is this little loser? You know. But I was like uh, playing basketball. I don't know. I get the impression that he definitely thinks that because there's the moments where he was like, I didn't know these guys. Like, all I knew, I thought everything was cool. I thought they were just kind of waiting for me to come over and we were all going to be friends. Like, I bet, I, I imagine he could only be like, why the fuck wasn't Jerry Krause giving me a heads up on, on the situation? Right? I mean, like, who were the blueprints for European players at that point? We had, you know, Drazen Petrovic was there and, and, um, and, uh, Vladi Divak and was Ilgowskis. Was anybody else? No, no. Ilgowskis is but, like but six he was drafted later. by that point, right? He just was still playing for like another 10 years. Yeah. So, and we're, we're this is pre internet. So, like, the idea of like even getting any video of this guy, like, he might be good. He might be, it's all just a mystery at this point. These people we, are in the we dark. Can also throw we forget a about little that bit of water thing. on the narrative of the dream team was the reason why all these European players were playing. The real reason is the fucking Globetrotters, like 25, 30 years ago. Like, those are the reasons, those are the ways you can stem back to all of those Eastern European basketball. Cause, the State Department was deploying the Globetrotters as actual, like, U.S. ambassadors during the Cold War. So this whole kind of like, oh, Tony Kukoc picked up a basketball, spun it once, and then believed in the Dream Team and with the rest of it. It's like a little, I don't know. Right. He watched the Harlem Globetrotters destroy the Montenegro generals That's right. by 40 points. Harlem, and that's what inspired Curly him. Curly Neal yeah. parachuted. He parachuted into... You think I'm kidding? Into the whole, I'm, there's a there's a there's a reductive quality that they like to give, and I don't know. Maybe it's just the nature of sports, right? Where they're like they're like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saved the league, you know, and they're like the dream team really brought you know basketball to the rest of the world, yeah. and and it wouldn't have existed. It like it was probably five or six circumstance, and just the most interesting version of that is the is the fact that we all of a sudden they had the best basketball players in the world on television in the Olympics, right? Yeah, I think sports, we love to reduce things down to its like most delicious, digestible mm. like form as quickly as possible. Cause it's, it's still, like making a sauce, yeah. you know, 
European players. There's a lot of ingredients. Own. We want to cook all of it out and just get the easiest things. Did you just work on some sauce today? Yeah, I'm thinking about thinking what about I'm making for dinner. Sauce. So, I think I'm yeah. <laughs> and now I'm hungry. Uh, Thank honorable you. mention to Dino Raja. <laughs> I think Dino Raja was the third. He was like supposed to be next up, but didn't quite. I think he played for the Celtics for a few years. He's another Croatian guy. Mm. Uh, side note, you know what? I, I was watching. Uh, remember Peja Stojakovic? Yeah, of course. I was watching his highlights the other day. That he would have been like maybe the number one guy on a team right now in the NBA. I mean, dude, he was he was a you thirty footer guy. Steph Curry yeah. on a team. He was thirty footers yeah. back in mm. the day. Yeah, he really yeah. was. It was. Odd and adorable because he was from Europe. He's what, 6'9"? Like, yeah. six, how big is Peja? He was like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, I think. He was like, uh, he put some muscles on by the end of his career. But like he, I mean, he was he was constant motion, like coming off screens, like Steph Curry, uh, draining things from like 30, 35 feet. He was, he was clutch. Every, and, and, and in the where people are yeah. allowed to shoot 12 threes a game, like he would have killed it. Anyways, are you guys are you guys really excited about seeing all this like ISO hero ball, um, all this time capsule that we're, we're we're watching in this documentary? The ball movement is like he's at the top <laughs> of the key, especially with the, with with the Marley. Yeah. He's just he's just holding him off with palming it, and we're like you're like the rest of the team's like, all right, um, everybody go fuck <laughs> off somewhere because you know, we're <laughs> we're gonna wait for Michael to do something. He the ain't scores? passing. The We're pretty sure. Are always still jarring when it's like a triple <sighs> overtime game that's 127 to 121. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the fuck is everyone doing? <laughs> like, what's going on? I blame the coaches for that. all that. I blame the coaches for all that. And I get excited when I see, like, well, what were you about to say? You go. I got it. No, I mean, th- there was a lot of this one on one stuff where, I mean, or, or this sort of man on man. I mean, because we, we still had illegal defense at that point. So. So a lot of the stuff was was very much well. You got to stick with that guy, and I don't know. Was, and switching was not nearly as sophisticated as it is now. No, um, no, you know, you could see the switches coming. It was shocking. It was even that episode, like, clever. Episode, uh, four, like uh, Michael and Scotty were having like a detailed discussion about like switching on defense, and I was like, wait, they did that back then? <laughs> like nobody did that. <laughs> For as complex as they want to make basketball, it's pretty funny that the two biggest innovations of the last 30 years is switching on defense and realizing that three points is more valuable than two. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bad but, defense. But uh, to answer your question, as someone who, like, I, I, Alan Iverson is my hero. I, I'm from Philadelphia, uh, and he's, like, I absolutely love iso ball because of that. Like, I love basketball now, but, like, watching – it feels good watching it. Like I don't know. I like basketball in all of its iterations. I don't. I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind the eras where like it's you know give the ball to Michael and let him take on whoever, or give the ball to AI and let him you know cross someone up uh, while everyone else stands around and watching. It's just a different you know it's a different approach to the game, and I I still like watching it. Seamus, mm-hmm. you said we were emailing you before, and you're, you're you're donning the Pistons hat now. But you said your two favorite teams are the Pistons and the Suns. Which feels like a very anti-Michael Jordan specific yeah. stance, or is it just <laughs> that is happenstance true. that you just happen to be rooting for these two teams that were catching L's to him for like five years? Uh, I was I was born in Michigan, um, and uh, I'm from Flint, and uh, and we moved out to Arizona uh, in 1982. So I still rooted for the Pistons. My cousin Dwayne. 
uh, worked for the Pistons, and he was uh, he's now he now runs the Tigers. <laughs> My cousin. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he's, he was. I think he was in the PR department with the with the Pistons. So that whole thing. I have a I have a 1989 championship basketball uh with everybody's signature on it it's like my most prized awesome. possession just sitting That's in my closet cool. so so like having this michigan connection i think is what it was um like all of a sudden seeing them kind of rise up in like 86 and then um become really competitive for many years i i've never been a laker fan even though i live out in in la like you guys do i don't are you guys laker fans just because you're yeah, in I mean, because i'm not from la it's a little different but i have i've been fucked the lakers for many years it's kind of weird i watched i like them now only because it's it's interesting basketball again ever since kobe left it's been interesting and better <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm hot take Philly, coming in I definitely i freely root for either la team yeah um, I was a big Clippers guy over the Lakers for many years. We I had season tickets for a while, and then grew to hate the fucking Clippers so much because Chris <laughs> Paul is like the least joyful player to watch. Um, mm, and mm. then when LeBron came, I'm I'm a huge LeBron fan, so obviously I was like, okay, I guess the Lakers are now my LA team. I was yeah. I I mean it, it's. It, it it was easier to root for the Clippers. Let's just yeah. put that. Clippers, that way. I, I don't know. I don't fully get hard for the Clippers. Still, it's weird. I know I'm supposed to. I I enjoy that. I want them to win, but I am not fully hard when I watch them. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know the can exact we, yeah. percentages. With my heart, um, can we bring up? Can we can we bring up the fact that like you guys live in L.A. You know the geography of L.A. When people try to say that that Paul George is from L.A. when he's from yeah. Palmdale, yeah. and when Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Is from, from Riverside. From Riverside? Yeah. Do these people not know how far away from L? Like these kids were going to L- Laker games as that's children. That's why they're. No, that's no, why they're running with the Clippers. That the really the is. fucking the step kid. You guys are not really an LA team. Right. Snoop Dogg is cursing you out every every weekend on Twitter. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, sorry to get back to the, the Phoenix Suns thing. Yeah. And then moving out to LA or sorry, moving out to Arizona when I was a kid, um, you know, we, the, that was the closest professional sports team we had was, was with the Phoenix Suns. Um, and there was nothing going on in Vegas. And so it was like, all right, who do we root for? Who's our regional affiliation? And I guess it was the Phoenix Suns. And, um, those Cotton Fed Simmons years in the late eighties were pretty cool. Uh, running into KJ at a, like a mall. Ooh. Um, I loved KJ. As a KJ kid. was one of my favorites. Yeah, I love KJ as well. KJ was yeah. great. He played hard, um, although not in that finals. But, <laughs> but he, was, he was pretty good in the late. Yeah, he barely. He um, did not really register in the dock at all, right? Yeah, I thought it was no. weird. He wasn't there. No, there was. It was just one of them on the bench. That was yeah, it. I think he got um, dunked on in one shot too, but they didn't really. I don't even think they said yeah. his name. Yeah. Marley got more shine than he did, and uh, yeah, that was that was it. That was, but that was a good series. That was a really fun series to 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 be around, you know, because Phoenix hadn't won any championships at that point, or Arizona, no one had. So that was like the closest they had come. So, um, so that was pretty exciting, and uh, and through those years. But then, you know, it's like, who do I root for now? The Pistons have been terrible for years. <laughs> the Suns have, have had blips and things for a few years, and but now they're terrible again. So it's Being like basketball. Oh, Suns were looking good before DeAndre Ayton uh, got suspended for twenty five games. Yeah, that did uh, for whatever yeah, he was taking. Was, yeah, what was yeah. He, taking, uh, uh, he was taking a diuretic, which indicates was a diuretic, and yeah, yeah. It indicates that he but might he have been taking like, HGH or something like that. Yeah, I think more yeah, than ever, yeah, though, yeah. the world is becoming more like. 
NBA agnostic. Like it's a much more safer space to just mm. kind of roam as you will with whatever team or player. Well, people follow players. Yeah. People follow players. They don't. They don't follow the teams. I mean, unless you said like like being a Sixers fan, that's probably you know that's dyed in the wool. You know. Yeah, uh, I'll always root for the Sixers. And being a, a Knicks fan, dyed yeah. in the wool. You Poor know? Knicks fans, man. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, that some uh, New York Post writer was like? I will never rule out that LeBron James is going to sign with the Knicks. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like, happened. Buddy, yeah. let it go. It's not going to happen. Been in the house for 50 days. He can't yeah. handle it. He couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. All right. Wait, I want to move it forward a little bit. Um, I thought the Jordan saying Republicans wear sneakers too moment that he tried to clean it up in episode five is very similar to his trying to clean clean up his gambling in episode six. Like, dude, you, I agree. You can talk about this however you want and try to justify it however you want, but the more you fucking run your mouth about this, the more you're gonna look like a doofus. Like you can't have it both ways, bro. You can't be like showing yourself with video of Muhammad Ali and then also just being like, I don't want to be a role model. That's not like But see, that's I mean uh, to me Obviously, you're right. What the fuck? But for <laughs> him on. to for him to be the one to produce that, and he kept the lines in. What was the name of the dude that won over uh, Gant? Oh, oh, uh, oh, Helmsley. Oh, you. Helmsley? How old are you guys? Helmsley. How old are you guys? Thirty. How old are you? Guys? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Sher- Sherman Helmsley. Jesse Helms? Sherman Helmsley. Do you remember Jesse Jesse Helms? Jesse Do you Helms, remember yeah. Jesse Helms? Oh, he was uh, okay. We, we saw what he said after he won. If, yeah, he's he was a throwback Dixiecrat motherfucker, and you're and like he deserved to be crushed and like thrown in the ocean. I mean, like Strom Thurmond type, like hip, hypocritical racist. Um, he hated gay people. Um, you saw what he did. What they they say how he you know he crushed the the National African American History Museum. He did all those things. He was the most vile person. And if you believed if in, in any sort of African American rights at the time, you probably should have been on that right side of things. So it's like it makes it even worse that it, it was Jesse. Yeah, Hall and Mike was, about the whole thing. I'm and, not and Mike is from North Carolina, <sighs> and he was fully wrong for that, and he mm. should have said something. And what in the fucking hell, bro? But he fixed it. But he fixed like it. Like I said, he did so produce it. He didn't fix it, but it is a public acknowledgement of a mistake. I feel like, and because he's Michael Jordan and he is an asshole, he can't really say sorry, right? But it, right. but at least he kept it a buck. Well, okay, so it is a public acknowledgement of a moment, but he literally says, "I refuse to apologize for that," <laughs> <laughs> and he says. And he also says that the they're like, well, they asked me. I was like, you know, I was just throwing that off the cuff. Yeah, I was, I was with bus. the guys, you know. And then he named, too. He named three bus. co-conspirators. He threw three dudes <laughs> under the bus. I was with Scottie Pippen and B.J. Armstrong and Ron Harper. And they all laughed. <laughs> Dude, everybody under the bus. <laughs> Michael Jordan is ready yeah. to snitch on everyone at all times in this doc. Even like he snitched on a few guys. <laughs> He's like. I didn't say anything, but let me tell you something about fucking Horace Grant for a second. That motherfucking snit. Like, Come on, dude. Oh, it's oh, insane. Man. Yeah, I think. Okay, so he also like buy tries to buy it off by being like, I didn't really know the situation, um, so I didn't feel like I could weigh in, so I just donated money to the guy. Number one, show me the fucking receipt that you donated money. 
Number two, hell yeah. He said that it, it said that it was his mom that came to him and like said, like I want you to do this. What do you mean you don't know what's going on? Like you have you clearly have an invested family member also in this situation. When you're, I don't know. Three I'm episodes just, ago, when you're talking about growing up in North Carolina and about how racism was everywhere, <laughs> like this is the classic Jordan of kind of like it's like it's racism when it's convenient to him. It's like or it's like it's it's like. Dude, this is mm. money fucks you up, man. A bit like a, a bit, a bit like OJ, yeah, huh? It's a, like a, a touch of OJ, mm, a, a little of bit OJ. of OJ. And Mike didn't throw the Mike a didn't splash. throw the koofy on last minute. You know what I mean? He didn't go full. He didn't put the uh, kente cloth uh, uh, rib uh, blanket on. What do you call that? What is it? A bib? Yeah. Not, what I'm is trying to what, what am I trying to describe? Yeah. What do chefs wear? What do you you know the An apron? Yeah, apron. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke. Where Mike um, is at a cookout with a kente cloth apron on, but uh, so at the at the point that your mom asks you to do something, his excuse was I didn't really my, know to the man, I didn't know the man, so that's I couldn't crazy. speak to him. The only reason I've ever voted I, is because of my mom. Mm, same. Every time I voted, she was like, "You go, you're gonna fucking vote today." <laughs> right, and okay, so now I want to okay, acknowledge mom. that like we're three white guys, uh, like criticizing him for this uh i uh, my take is like if you don't want to be involved in politics you don't have to be but like he chose to like address this in his documentary and like walk like like his gambling problem like walk away like well took care of that and now i don't ever have to talk about it again and i'm like you didn't take care of it you just raised more questions and that's how i feel about it Mm. three white guys and a baby speaking of (laughs) filling out Filling out our our favorite ten part doc, we definitely need two episodes on fucking Slim Bowler. Yeah, at least two yeah, episodes. That's, on that's Slim what the whole Bowler. documentary should be about. Like, can we just like like this is a ten part Slim Bowler doc now? Let's talk Slim Bowler. I think we need a feature yeah. film about Slim Bowler. I think I think I think he needs his own sort he of like to, um, no, black he needs his own like sort of Lawrence thing. of Arabia. Yeah. I want a fucking movie with an intermission about Slim Bowler. I want a movie about how they decided to spell their last name. I want a movie on the whole Bowler family. <laughs> I want a movie on. His I want to know how you. <laughs> I want to know how you become a golf. Hustler. Excuse me, like specifically. And how That's... does that like the the biggest reporter <laughs> in sports in the whole fucking nineties know you're a golf hustler? Oh, David. Oh man, to crack open. To give David Aldridge some LSD and just say the name Slim Bowler, the stuff you could get out of him <laughs> could fill up the fucking Smithsonian. Good God, David how Aldridge do you knows where the all lifestyle the- of a golf of a golf hustler. Like, how do you how do you get mm. into that world and then maintain it? Like, are you going to like municipal golf courses? Because you know they'll see you coming at these like private clubs from a mile away. They go, like, oh, he's not allowed in here. So, like, how much is he sustaining himself by at these like little municipal golf courses? And does he live in his car? This is a yeah. question. Does he does he come in there with really cheap clubs? Like he's playing at these like Wilson J C Sneed sort of things coming in there, and they and they're like, wow, he's nothing. His clubs are nothing, and he still he whips your ass or something. Yeah, and then if he's like yeah. also well known as a golf hustler, how do people like? How does Michael Jordan be like? You know who I'm gonna play golf with? That guy that is well known for taking people's money playing golf. Sounds like <laughs> the thinking of someone who is a severe gambling addict. That's what yeah, that he's just like. like he thinks. He's, can we just say degen- we're not allowed to call oh, no, degenerate gambler? Is that is that too far? He is yeah, a okay. degenerate yeah. competitor. 
that's I think maybe more accurate. Where he's like, oh, this guy. I think maybe that's what it is. Is like this guy is known for taking everyone's money. I'm gonna take his fucking yeah, money. Yeah, that's and then every. He just gets beat that's over every and over gambler. Again. That's yeah. every degenerate gambler ever who just doesn't have a constant cash flow from the biggest shoe company in the world. What was that game that he was playing with the security guards where they were throwing they were throwing a coin to see who can get it closest to the wall? Without yeah. touching the wall. Of course. I think that's the game, right? It was it was fascinating to watch him like be like, all right, we're playing this game for ten dollars and then like talking shit to these security guards who were probably in the mid nineties, like pulling down like twenty two dollars a night and like he's taking half their paycheck. It was in the in the when I was in junior high, they used to play this game. It's it's called quarters, and and you you play it up against a wall. I think there's a couple different variations um, of it. You can use like it's almost like a version of craps that you're playing up against a wall. But the, people would be flipping for quarters at lunch, um, and and that's what they would spend the whole time doing, just flipping up against the wall and, and taking quarters. So yeah, it's like the most lo-fi version of gambling. You got to have a problem <laughs> to be an adult human being. <laughs> And say, like, you know what? You got a quarter in your pocket, right? Well, shit, we got a couple minutes, you know? <laughs> we could do this. I like that the perm homie Man, won. Desperate. The perm homie won, and he Yo, gave Mike he and he gave Mike some shit. He hit him with the Dude. shrug. This is perm, big. Mike perm the shrug biggest, is now Yo, like, come the on. most important thing happening on the internet for the next <laughs> like, That and, like, I wonder what's inside my butthole song from that six-year-old girl are the two only things that I want to be seeing for the rest of 2020. <laughs> I don't know if that song has gotten viral enough to just say it like that without context. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Seamus, if you haven't seen it, we'll share it with you after this and get ready for the rest of your summer to be totally, totally changed. That's a good summer jam. Okay, yeah, you know what the rest of my summer yeah. about to yeah. be? Watching some goddamn castle. Are you joking? I can't be- Look, yeah. listen. I just threw on one on random today. And it, it because... I don't like to start from the beginning. The way I like to, I really like to edge myself with my cop dramas. I like to find a good one in the middle. And then I'm like, holy shit, what is, okay, so now I know Shorty's mom dies. All right, now I can work my way back. Then I get to find out when the mom dies. And then I link the storylines back together. And I threw on episode three, To Love and Die in LA. And uh, this is cop drama bingo, people. Oh, my God. Dude, Jamel, I know this show is right up your alley. Listen, oh other than The God. Good Wife, which I will stand for as the most important procedural of all time, I think Castle is my number two favorite show on network television of the last 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, Seamus, for context, our listeners know, uh, Jamel is a passionate procedural fan. Uh, he has delved back into the history of the genre. Yeah. He turned me on to Hunter, which... Uh, is a crazy show. Hunter is fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. I forgot about Hunter. The end of Hunter yeah. is so bad, but those first few years are pretty good. But that last yeah. season is so bad. Like I got mad. Like I started reading something because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I like whoa. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm su- honestly surprised that Jamel has not already watched all of Castle. And it's it only does because seem like it's made yeah. in a lab for you. Yeah, and it yeah. is. And it's only because I wasn't. I didn't have my Hulu subscriptions lined up right but now i got a good i got a new dummy email and i fired up a free trial and god damn if i'm not about dog the captain from chicago pd is the 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 hot detectives ex this nigga get shot yeah 
Jason Begay. Yeah, Jason Begay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This motherfucker, he gets shot J- by the dude from Prison Break. <laughs> yeah. Also, That's in true. this episode, yeah. somebody, they question a suspect, and the suspect is a black guy surfing, and he says, uh, this is my surfing hour. <laughs> It'll have to wait. <laughs> Oh my God! Are what, what normal procedures do you watch? What other, what, what other? You're I mean, a long yeah, I'm a, guy, I'm a right? dick wolfius. I'm all you know. I'll do okay. them all. You know what I mean? And but then okay. I've, I've stepped out. Go, they, you, you, what were you about to say? Well, they, they yeah, you know, law and order. They take themselves Definitely. pretty seriously. Um, our our cops that we played. I think that was like the very beginning. I think that's why I got the part was actually because there was a joke in my audition for Castle. Um, it was, it was in the, I think the third episode that we did. Um, there's a scene where we're talking about, a, a, we find a, a, a woman stuffed inside a dryer and she's dead. It's and spinning. She's, and, it's like actively know, spinning. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the beginning. That's the teaser. And it kind of goes, stops, ding, and then doo-doo-doo-doo, goes to Castle. Um, that's our stinger. And, and we, we're talking about the woman who's inside the thing. We, all, we, were, we, we were always told not to make jokes around the dead body. So we had to really be careful about that. That was actually a network note. It was like, never make jokes around the dead sure, body. Sure. But, you know, some of the ones we, you know, find these people in these positions. So we were talking about, you know, not touching someone else's un, uh, clothing in their, in their dryer and how that's a code and it's going, it's going too far. And in the audition, it was sort of like one of those things that it was like, it was like, well, I, I thought you, I thought you went commando. And like one of the other guy goes, um, he goes, oh yeah, it was, a, it, nah, it's a seasonal thing. And I, I would just sort of, so I would stare at his crotch and, and like wonder if what season we're in right now, are we in commando season or not? And I sort of stuck it there and I got a little laugh in the room and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. all right, all right. I'm allowed to be funny in this, in this character. And that was kind of the tone that, that it set for everything was like, and seeing what Nathan did with, uh, with the pilot at that time, you kind of go, oh, we're allowed to be funny. Nathan Fillion, sorry. Um, and so allowing the, the, the comedy to be at the same time of the procedural and being a blend oh, of those things. I always thought our show was like a throwback to like the, the way TV was is. in the 80s. Like it is. Early you guys 80s. are bodying yeah. shit. That's the net. The, so at the coma, there's a scene, your partner has shot a murderer suspect <laughs> and they're trying to get some info off this man. He puts the fucking gun in this nigga's bullet wound and then you say, <laughs> Hey, he's like, call 911 right now. And you're like, uh, all right, yeah, uh, 91. Uh, what's that last one? <laughs> yeah, there, what is that? Hold on. That I have to. Oh, I always get this wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so there, there's a lot of comedy that was there. And once they leaned into that, I think around the second season, we kind of yeah. hit our stride. Is that when you got the first um, ring? And, and we figured out what Is that when you guys do. got the first ring? The. <laughs> what? What is the ring? What, what, what is, is the ring? championship ring? What's I the think the procedural ring is when you get the when you get the when you get the renewal first off, when they come back oh, when they re gotcha, up on yeah. it, and then you get the I think ring two is uh what uh syndication is I feel it like still ring three? We got syndication later. We got a couple pe- people choice awards uh, along the way. That maybe that was like our second ring that we got there. Um, we we kept winning people's choice awards for best. TV procedural, I think, or something like that. How so, many seasons of um, Castle were there? Yeah, yeah, it was around that way. Damn, eight. That's we so eight. great. That's dope. It's such a good fucking show. It is just. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we had You're a lot John of fun John Paxson making. and Steve Kerr. Hell yeah. <laughs> eight, eight seasons is six <laughs> rings. Yeah, that's pretty. That was, yeah. That's pretty darn good. That's sick. 
Yeah. yeah. Also, like I it, love that the network gave yeah, no, it was good like, no joking around the dead bodies. Isn't that all CSI does? Also, that is like the entire reason of why <laughs> Castle is an awesome show is because they're just making fun of what's happening at all times while also having to play it a hundred percent straight. Do you guys want to do like a no activity yeah. show yeah. where we're but it's like for now, so we're like Zoom coroners. <laughs> we're making jokes at our crib <laughs> while we do while we do Zoom guys, autopsies. <laughs> Shouts to the network for giving you guys the note to cut down on the reason why you have an awesome show. Dog, <laughs> Jason, <laughs> they're the investigating premise. Jason Begay's death. This fool was living in fucking uh, what's what's your man from Kiss? He's living in Gene Simmons' pool house. They had to, oh they, right, yeah. Gene Simmons guessed it in that. This yeah. is a perfect episode of television, Wait. people. <laughs> Gene Simmons is on. <laughs> Gene Simmons is on episode yeah, twenty three twenty. This came out yesterday, twenty eleven May second. I think it was. Whoa! Wow! You chose the most random I told episode. You, I'm to not. Start. Yeah, I have a very specific strategy, and I'm so glad this panned out. Well, our show, our show, we always did standalone episodes, so you're probably fine. That's actually why we did standalone episodes, because you can drop any random episode in some yeah, television man. slot in That's Argentina. That's what I'm talking about. I just like our time, drop, just like Metal Our time it, slot. Just drop me in, like, one of the goddamn Globetrotters. <laughs> we have, like, weird time slots in, like, places like Ireland. We'll be on at, like, 7 o'clock on a Thursday night and then, like, at 11 o'clock on Sunday night and then on random Tuesday at 3 o'clock, that kind of stuff. And Because you can do that with that show. And that they, they started yeah. doing that with uh, Drug the CSIs. Drug dealer hours. And the actually Law and Order, yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you you're, you got turned on to it. Uh, oh, keep no, watching. Yeah, they they yeah. they would get better. Be, would you be mad if I worse. personally yeah. tweeted you my my opinion of every episode? Of Castle? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Bring it on. Look forward to that. Give me a, a review because that. that's coming for sure. Random 3 a.m. like tweet like hey in episode 422. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided I'm yeah. watching all the ones Filmed from in- May. This the everyone that was filmed this week in May. Beautiful. <laughs> all right, guys, should we wrap things up? Let's do it, man. This was a good time. Any other other this big thoughts about the uh, the Jordan Doc or it or the Suns or castle anything else we want to want to put a bow on uh, i just i i i i poor isaiah thomas he's he's such a look he's had his problems like being a general manager yeah. and a lot of the stuff that and, went and, on a, there. and he, a problem he's had his own problems as a human yeah. being. he ruined the wmba franchise yes. but that's yeah. we, we good <laughs> only the second worst thing he's done to women he yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> yeah he, uh, him having to come out and like, and, and do these interviews and still sort of like answer all the questions. He's, he's a brave man for doing that because this is totally slanted against yeah. him as being the he's villain. He's got the good It's like Jerry Krause sure. and Isaiah Thomas is like the hierarchy of villains. And now they don't, now they're past, uh, Isaiah. So now they're just going to pick on Jerry Krause and until he's in his grave. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Kind of seems like he deserves it, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I mean, really, honestly, that's the question of this whole thing. Why would you seek to rebuild a team that is winning championships? What is the drive to do that? And is that personal ego that has something to do with it? It's sort of saying like, well, I can only take so much responsibility, but if I get rid of these elements, then this is all on my watch that this all happened. So, you know, I mean, that's the big question of the documentary. Why would you do that? 
Why on earth would you do that? Are we any closer to that answer? I don't we know. Are, we, we do know that, like, basically Michael Jordan came into the execs at Warner Brothers, though, and told him, like, six things about his life, and that's why we have Space Jam. He likes golf. <laughs> he hates Jerry Krause, and he's cool with Bill Murray. That's about it. Is hating Jerry Krause a part of Space Jam? Did I ever miss that? Dude, Danny DeVito is playing Jerry Krause, the evil alien villain. Yo, yeah! Is he really? I never thought Guys, about that. come on. Wow, that is pretty one-to-one. Yeah. He even looks like him. He does look like Cherry Crow. Like Michael's like, movie. I don't care what you do. Just make this fucking asshole who's my boss the villain of this movie. Well, there's wow. your cover. I don't know what a, if we need episode covers, but uh, a little Krauss DeVito monster side-by-side sound pretty good. Uh, shout out, by the way, Jerry Seinfeld making an extended cameo in episode six. <laughs> Feeling mad uncomfortable. Yeah. And then getting kicked out rather unceremoniously. Like, like, you gotta like, go. And then like Michael Jordan makes a face and is like, ooh, yeah, he means I like that. how and he then, came <laughs> with a joke, though. He left on it like, nah, I'm going to get me mine on the way out here. And he's like, he points at the play yeah. on the bar. He's like, this is not going to work. And then like the assistant coach who was like, my job is on the line. You have to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Eddie, I mean, yeah, this, this whole documentary is like Michael Jordan recrafting the narratives that we have all been speculating uh, about for decades. And I don't know if it's successful for oh me. no i'd say opposite i'd say it's successful for all of us but very unsuccessful for michael right well it's well yeah i think i was thinking of it in terms of his success and what he what he i think he thinks he's getting getting away scot-free with a lot of things in this and i to me i'm just like i have more and more questions every episode yeah the next part the ne- other part of our 10 part yeah. doc is just like andrea mitchell and Ahmad Rashad and David Aldridge like splitting a bottle of tequila and just like letting it fucking loose. Oh god. Hell yeah. How <laughs> much money did Andrea Mitchell lose to Slim Bowler? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> she did seem to have like a particular like disdain for him, right? Yeah, Am I remember she that, right? knew what yeah. was up. She was like, yeah. This is a golf hustler. Yeah. Too many years on HBO Sports. Yeah. She's just like, I gotta, I gotta let it why, out is there. Is that why he's an this associate guy. producer on on Real Sports? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she gambled away a credit and residuals. He's, a, he's, he's been writing yeah. for Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got an overall with HBO that's lasted forty years. What? Yeah, you think? Come on, Bill Maher definitely has a dude like Slim Bowler telling him he can say the N word. Oh. Oh, for 100%. sure. 100%. <laughs> Dude in a straw hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, let's wrap it up. Seamus, uh, where can we find you on social media? Or if you have anything you want to plug, what do you got? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Seamus Dever. And I'm on Instagram at, at Seamus Patrick Dever. Three names. I have nothing Assassin's to plug. Do you, I, this, this is the most I, I thing I've productive thing I've done in fifty uh, days. Yeah, no, thank you for thank having you me. for having us be a part of that. Uh, guys, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Just want to plug know, uh, Jamel's special, friend or foe. Oh yeah, um, killing it right now. Uh, yeah, go, the- go download that for five dollars and uh, our Patreon. Put that blunt video up of Jamel rolling a really nice blunt. I smoke uh, weed. If you couldn't tell. 
And uh, yeah, that's it. Airboats pod on everything. Yeah, yeah. same. Uh, same. Love you guys. Bye. Peace.